Hello, hello, and welcome to episode five of the Sweet Film Talk. This is TC, and of course we have the Sweet Geeks. Here we are on my couch. Yes. It's yawn. It's stretch. How how's the how's the quality? Is it is it coming in pretty smooth now? Oh, dude, it's great. It okay. It's unreal. How you well, doing, we, dude? We've we've had a few technical difficulties, but we're we're figuring it out. Um. So we have a sweet pod for you guys today, of course. Episode 5, going to try to make it special. We're going to talk about um, some movies we've seen the past couple weeks, uh, streaming from the couch, and then uh, we finally got to American Animals this past weekend. So we're going to touch base on American Animals and kind of give our thoughts, and then we're going to give our top five uh, movies that have impacted us. Um, that kind of you know got us into movies, and they're not our favorite movies, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll touch more bait. We'll touch more uh, on that once we cross that bridge. So, Kamiko, what what movies did you see this past couple weeks? So this this past week, I I I hit a few more movies at home. I feel like the last couple weeks have been more in the theater, not watching a f- too many on the couch. But I'm actually on the couch right now that I normally watch movies in. So very appropriate for this moment. Um, let's see, was it Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. I randomly started watching Midnight in Paris. And Owen Wilson is in it. He stars as like a struggling writer who goes out to vacation slash get inspiration in Paris with his, I think she's his fiance. Um, Rachel McAdams plays his fiance. And it's super interesting how he, like, goes through the process of getting inspiration and kind of what happens while he's there. It's really good. I, I think it's a good small independent film that you guys should check out. It's on Netflix. I mean, just sit down. Just just pop it in, you know? And then – what? I said, okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's good. Um, And then <laughs> I watched – Friday night was date night. So me and Becky shouts out. We, we watched Napoleon Dynamite first. Which, dude, I haven't seen that movie in, like, eight years. So watching it again from, like, I'd say I know more about movies and stuff now than I did back then. But it was it's just, it's so great because you're watching it. And it feels, you're like, did they just get these people off the street to do this? But that's kind of like, you know, that's how it's supposed to feel. So I really liked it. Just kind of like, just a fun, I'm sure it's just a blast to film it. They had no idea how big it would be. And then right after that, I was like, oh, we've got to keep the, the coming of age, you know, like high school movies going. So we watched Lady Bird, which I, I thought it was fine the first time we watched it. You and me watched it with some other friends. But this time it was just so much better. Like I could appreciate the moments more. I think the hype had gone down so I could just appreciate it for what it was. And I had a blast watching it, dude. It's It's just... You know, you, you, tons of feel-good moments. Mm-hmm. You relate to Lady yeah. Bird so well. And even her family issues. Everyone has had some sort of issue internally. And it touches on so many different things your family can go through. So I love that. Love Yeah. Lady, Lady Bird is definitely a great watch. I remember sitting in the theater and the movie had started. And like about 10 to 15 minutes have gone by. And I was thinking, where is Keeks? <laughs> and then here you finally come in, strolling with your pizza. And I was just thinking to myself, come on, Larry H. Miller Megaplex. Let's get, let's pump those pizzas out quicker. Oh. Uh, yeah, but 
because I remember I was like, man, where is he at? And then, but yeah, because you, I think you missed just a little bit there at the beginning, because that right from the get go of Lady Bird um, establishes the relationship she has with her mom. Uh, but yeah, Lady Bird's a great watch. Oh yeah, like I remember getting in, and I was I like felt a little bit lost, but dude, that <laughs> pizza was it was great. So it was kind of worth the fifteen minute delay, and I caught I caught the fifteen minutes I missed just on Friday, so it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, you're you're good. So I watched um, a couple weeks ago, Hell or High Water, oh. and wow, I've been meaning to get to this movie, and it is great. This came out in two thousand sixteen. It has Jeff Bridges in it, uh, Chris Pine, oh. and the the story is is great. It's got a little bit of a heist movie. Um, definitely check it out. It's on Vudu, so if any of the listeners have Vudu, uh, I highly recommend it. Not a long runtime, and Taylor Sheridan, we've touched base on Taylor Sheridan before. Uh, was the writer for this movie, and he's just he's knocking it out of the park right now. Oh, so go watch! Yeah, go watch Hell or High. Kamika, have you seen this yet, dude? I, I was actually gonna say I have heard so many good things about it, and I just keep. I think it's because it's not on like a conventional streaming service, so that's why I haven't yeah. seen it yet. But I've heard amazing things about it, so I you might you might have confirmed it for me, dude. Uh, oh, that's why that's why I'm here, dude. Did you see gotta, and of any of the movies? Yeah. I talked to them. Did you see any of them, like Midnight in Paris? Do you see Midnight in Paris? I have not. I haven't seen Midnight. Uh, of course, I've seen Napoleon Dynamite. I remember I saw that in theaters. And then we were on family vacation, and then I was, like, urging my family to watch Napoleon Dynamite. And, gosh, what were we, 12 when that came out? Oh, probably. 10? 10? Maybe even 10, yeah. We put, we put the movie in, and I started laughing before it even began. <laughs> <laughs> like that is one of my like my dad always brings that up he's like you were laughing before the movie even started like i was almost in tears because i thought it was the funniest <laughs> movie ever and it's still good so yeah go check those movies out i mean give napoleon dynamite a rewatch but uh to the bulk uh, let's get into act two american animals past weekend oh. saw it kamiko what'd you think what man this movie is just i mean we're gonna kind of we're going to throw in the the sweet movie morsel right now. This movie oh. is it, – it starts off – it's like this movie is not just based on a true story. It was – this movie is based on a true story. No, not – this movie is a true story. Like the, the way they filmed it – and I want you to kind of touch on the interesting way that they filmed it. But the plot essentially is these kids are in college – and one of the buddies is just a rambunctious one, and they're talking about how to make some money. And one of them brings up that in the library, they've got all these, like, super rare books that are worth a ton of money. And the friend who's rambunctious is like, dude, let's steal them. So the whole movie touches on how they planned on stealing these books. And it happened in, like, 2004. You can go look it up. The story is so funny and just crazy. So, yeah, but I want you. Yeah. What did, what did you think of how it was made? What did you think of it? I, I loved at the very beginning how it just established the, the friendship between uh, Evan Peters, uh, the guy that plays Quicksilver in X-Men and uh, the other guy. What's his name? He's in uh, Dunkirk. Yeah, he a, he's also in Killing of a Sacred Deer. I don't remember his name. Yeah, he did yeah, a great job. Uh, but I love how they, you know, they create this plan. 
And then they start recruiting two other guys because they're like, hey, we're short of of people for to pull off this this heist. And so yeah. they start recruiting and uh I loved how it was shot. The pacing was fairly good, dragged just a little bit here and there, but I love documentaries. Um whenever I can get to a good thirty for thirty, I can sit down <laughs> and watch that thirty for thirty. No <laughs> no distractions. And they had a little documentary vibe to it. I mean they would I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but mm. it, it didn't show in the trailers, but they would pan out and the actual guys would talk about this experience in the middle of the movie. It was really cool. It was a good fresh take. That was that for me, like watching it, it's like it would come up the real one of the dude's name was Warren. So, for example, the the kind of rambunctious, crazy friend is Warren. And it pans out. and It's like the real Warren. And it's the <laughs> actual dude. Yeah. And like how they film it is he's like, yeah, so I remember like we were talking in the car and then it's the scene like cuts to when they're talking in the car about it. And then the other friend, I think his name was like Sam or something. I don't remember. And he tells it from his point of view and then it cuts forward again. And they're they're talking about the same thing, but from Sam's point of view. So it was just so interesting how they like took in the real anecdotes from what they remembered and filmed it and put it in the movie. Uh, it, yeah, I agree. It was it was beautifully shot just from scene to scene and those quick pan outs. And how about the tattoo? That was so <laughs> yeah. It was so American Animals unfortunately isn't playing uh, in a lot of theaters. We had to drive to Salt Lake uh, to see it. Century Sixteen. What a fun theater. It was, yeah. It's it's at that one, and it's also at the Broadway. If you guys kind of like, um, the Broadway is one of those independent theaters, kind of like the Tower, uh, and it's it's a fun it's a fun experience. So either one that you go to, but like, what were some highlights for you? You know, without spoiling too much for to kind of get everyone interested in it. What what were some highlights? Uh, I like the recruiting process. <laughs> yeah, uh, how they had to get the two other guys, and how they they came into the movie, and then it showed. Uh, the real person in real life touching, you know, on how they got recruited. I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, uh, when the heist occurred, that was tense. Wow. I was – so we were in a theater with, like, the reclining chairs. And probably after the first act, I, I just put my chair normal, and I just sat forward because I was thinking there's no way <laughs> I'm going to be able to sit and enjoy this reclined back. So – I got. I felt like I got pretty into it, and I could tell you were too. Yeah. Oh, and there were some good, good humor, good, good little side jokes, and the acting. I thought Evan Peters stole the show, and also uh, the, the guy in Dunkirk. His name is Barry Keoghan. Is that how you pronounce it? That looks like uh, I probably. I, I, pro- yeah, I, I don't know that wrong, but I thought those two did a fantastic job, and I'm I'm gonna give American Animals an A minus. I. I'm going to go a little bit lower, B+. plus. It was almost to the A-, minus. I really wanted to. But, I mean, it, you, you guys have got to go check it out. It was, it was such a fun watch. It dragged a little bit, and I felt that – I felt they could have trimmed some parts from it. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. And it, it was just – I don't know. It was just such, like, an interesting – the concept was so unique. 
mm-hmm. just how they filmed it. <laughs> and you just see these dudes in real life talking about how it all went down was and the lengths that they go to like figure out how much it's worth and plan. I was talking with you after and we've all had these moments where you're with your friends and you're like, huh, like, what if we were to do that? You know, you kind of start thinking about it, but you never actually do it. Like these guys did it. They thought about what they wanted to do and they like they actually planned this heist and carried it out. You, you have to watch it and see and, how it pans and, out. But and yeah. there were definitely consequences. And it's crazy what happened when it all unfolded. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Go check out American Animals, everybody. Uh, even if it's in Salt Lake or, you know, if it's a 20, 30-minute drive, definitely, definitely worth it. Caravan up. Do it. Yeah. Car or Uber. <laughs> we by all we did. Oh, I met you at the park and ride, and you drove us up. Yeah. That's out Megan, too, for coming. That was, yeah. a, that was a good little watch. It was great. So uh, with American Animals, we're going to talk about now um, – top five movies that have impacted us. Keeks, do you want to touch more on this? Yes, dude. So I would say for me, the the first movie, and and I'm sure everyone is going to be able to guess most of ours. This one, everyone should guess from me, Star Wars, uh, A New Hope. It was the first movie I ever saw as a kid. Um, Even as I remember seeing as a human being, like I, I don't remember seeing anything else first. And it just set such a cool... As I was a kid, I pretended I was a Jedi. I was Obi-Wan Kenobi for Halloween. I was Luke for Halloween. So, you know, I wanted to be a Jedi maybe one day. Probably not, but maybe maybe VR will help me out with just, that. I just don't, don't just don't grow just don't grow the Jedi brave. We're we're past those days. Oh, I, I thought about it once, but no, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. No. okay. <laughs> Thank but, goodness. What what about you? What what's what's um, one of yours? So probably my in the five spot avatar the last airbender what now let me elaborate uh we all love avatar the last airbender like like the movie the, the movie, movie the last airbender you know this is why this impacted me i remember being so excited thinking oh my gosh this is coming to theaters and kamiko this is the first time i had real movie disappointment Okay, and, and I was sh- I was shook. I was I remember sitting. We saw it together. We saw I was gonna it. say, dude, didn't I sit by you? Like yeah. I fell asleep in that movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean I remember watching all those episodes of Avatar: The Last End, Airbender Man, and I had expectations of this movie. And during just within like the first ten minutes, I was so underwhelmed. You and, could feel it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. I mean, that's the worst movie I've seen in theaters, hands down. And I learned a value. It's it's a garbage movie. It's not good at all. But I learned a valuable lesson to not get my expectations too high. And sometimes, you know, I, I got to keep myself in check when a movie comes out and I get high expectations. And then I see them and I'm just uh, not feeling that. So that's why that movie impacted me. It was the first disappointment. Wow. That's wow. Just. Here we are, guys, just kind of teaching you some some valuable lessons. I think if everyone would have went in with the lower expectations for The Last Jedi, I'd be a lot more liked. Uh, you know, there, there's just, some truth to that. Oh, I mean, we could go on about that one. But I, I right now will transition to my, and this isn't like my fourth favorite, but a, the fourth movie that impacted me, mm-hmm. starting from five to four, would be Get Out. Wow. 
last year, and it, this one kind of similar to what you were just talking about, I went in to see Get Out with a couple buddies, and we had kind of heard the buzz, but it wasn't anything that really kind of impacted me. And this was the first movie that like exceeded and blew like blew away my expectations. We were once it went into the third act, and for many of you guys that saw it in theaters, did you, did you you didn't you didn't see it in theaters, did you? I did not, unfortunately. I wish oh, I did. I regret. Dude. I regret not being there in theaters. It was the craziest thing. What I remember, there weren't many people in there, but the people that were, we were all out of our seats, standing and watching the last act. And never, <laughs> but you were you were you were standing up. Yeah, like like we like most of us had like stood up and kind of migrated to the middle of our of our of our rows. It was it was the <laughs> wildest experience of everyone was just so like just you're just rooting for the main character and uh-huh. as it just all pans out the ending is so satisfying. Like it gets to the end and you're just so relieved. Like if you guys didn't see get out, I I don't go see it. It's so good. It's really really good. And yeah, that just helped me know that like you can go in a movie and it's nice to go in not knowing much because your expectations are just exceeded and it's so nice. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge movie experience for me. Nice. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um coming in my number 4 spot is The Dark Knight. Oh wow. Uh do you do you know the theater the Water Gardens, right? That are in Pleasant Grove? Yes. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah, so we went to the midnight showing. We were it, it, we it came out sophomore year in high school, right? The Dark Knight. I'm 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 like ninety nine percent sure it came out sophomore year. It might have. It might have been like going into sophomore year. Yeah, it came out in the summer, right? Something like that. It did. Yeah, but saw at midnight. Mark was there, a few other buddies, and I loved Batman Begins. And I'm a Batman fan. I, I lean more towards Spider Man, but I oh. love Batman. Not everyone's I love perfect, the first but one. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I was amazed by the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's performance, Christian Bell, and just the story. And and then you know, coming home at like three a.m., just absolutely shook by the Dark Knight. So was Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Dark Knight definitely at the fourth spot, and one of my favorite movies of all time. So that's that's that was, dope. That was a that was a great movie theater experience and a movie that just impacted me. Um, you know, and with that, I love Dark Knight is my second favorite movie of all time. And it's I, I don't know if it's one that's really impacted me, but it's just it, it's like overall just it's the perf- it's the best comic book movie ever made. I mean, it's it's I think with Dart with what's his name with Batman, you can do more of that approach because he's more of a real life character. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so well made. So I yeah, um, that brings me to my number three is I am a this is a movie. It's called Akira. It's it was made in 1988, directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, and it's an anime. And this movie is what really got me in just into anime like I like like I love how it is now. I mean, it is the it was made in 1988. Like I said, the color for it is so amazing. The animation is holds up extremely well. And if you guys are looking for just a movie, it's a little extreme, but 
just animation wise, it's really sets the standard. It's incredible. The story's amazing. And there, there's just not much else to say. It's just such a great movie. It's on Hulu. You can go watch it for free. I watch never... the subtitled one. Yeah. Oh, you have to watch subtitled. I have never seen Akira. It's dude, it's it's an experience. It is an interesting movie, but it's it's so good. That's oh, that, that's that's on the list to watch. Uh <laughs> love that. Sweet. <laughs> well, now I'm feeling even more influenced because in Ready Player One, there there's the Akira bike. Dude, that oh, I was so hyped when I saw the Akira bike, man. Yeah. It just it brought me back to the first time I ever watched it. it just amazing, amazing film. So, my number 3 is uh Tron Legacy. Okay. okay. So this is this movie I love because no, it's not a great great movie, but I love it because I remember going with my older brothers and we saw IMAX 3D. It was my first IMAX 3D experience. Dang. And my brothers were hyped about it because they had seen the older Tron, uh, the first mm-hmm. Tron, and then Daft Punk was uh, the soundtrack for Tron yeah. Legacy. And they were they were they loved Daft Punk, so I was just hyped to be with my older brothers going to see this, and watching that movie IMAX 3D just there at Jordan Commons, I fell in love with it, and I still listen to the album today. I love that soundtrack. That, dude, I that movie I was I was a little underwhelmed with that movie, but I. I, I see why you like it so much. Did, did, did you see it? Did you, that's cool. did you see IMAX 3D? If you I didn't, didn't see IMAX 3D, then I, that's why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I that, can see that then. The it glasses was... and the 3D and the, just the big screen, that, make, that makes a difference. Oh, definitely. It would have had to have been. Yeah, absolutely. So Tron Legacy, number three. And oh. I love that soundtrack. You know, there's some cheesy parts. Thank you. God bless Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. I, with that one, it's a good one. Now for, for my number two, this one was, I've never seen it in theaters. I had reservations to see it in theaters, but I, I was in traffic and I couldn't make it. And I was so bummed. And it is The Room. (laughs) (laughs) The Room is. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, I did not hit her. It's not true. I'm not gonna do the rest of it because it's a it's this is a PG pod, but it's <laughs> so funny. It, not in the, it's like the movie is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But this movie like really helped me to appreciate what goes on behind the scenes of a film, and this is why I regard directing as the hardest talent to be able to be successful in because taking a vision and executing it on a level and making a competent film must be so hard. I've never tried it because it just seems such a daunting task, but Tommy Wiseau did like literally everything in this film. And when you, I've seen it probably eight or nine times and I, we saw it, you, me and MCAT and Steve-O saw it and <laughs> just in tears laughing. It's, Oh, it's such a bad movie, but yeah, I remember last year when they had dis- the Disaster Artist mm-hmm. uh, when they started m- marketing that movie, and posters were everywhere. You'd always ask me, "Have you seen the Room?" And I just remember thinking, "What is the Room?" And then we finally watched it, 
and I couldn't believe it. Now, if you've never seen The Disaster Artist, you have to watch The Room yes. before The Disaster Artist. And The Disaster Artist last year was one of my favorite films. Loved that movie. James Franco did a great job of, of Tommy Wiseau, but check out The Room. It is hilarious, but you have to watch it with a group of people. That makes yes. it even better. Oh, and once a month, I think at the Broadway theater at the tower, they actually play it. So you can go and watch it in like the theater setting. And it's just an experience. It's a great experience. And to be able to understand what happened behind the scenes just makes it even better. It's so funny. Oh, it's the cult classic. It the, is. The following that it has is amazing. And didn't he have his billboard up or he had the movie in theaters, Tommy Wiseau? So for he what? rented a billboard for it just had one showing it only he kept it in theaters with his own money long enough to qualify to be nominated for an oscar which unfortunately it didn't (laughs) um darn and then he also like paid for a billboard to be up and it stayed up for six years like the movie only played for like two weeks and the billboard stayed up for that long it was like six years or some crazy amount of time that's nuts yeah that room is what a fun time yes <laughs> well my number two is one of the most rewatchable movies uh that of the goonies oh i love the goonies i love the goonies dude growing up in my house the goonies was always on uh and it's just one of those classic movies that you know like i said earlier you can just rewatch, rewatch. just a fun adventure movie Great family movie, and um, of course, you know the writer, the goat himself, Steven Spy- Sp- uh, Steven Spielberg. 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 Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah, good. We yeah. got it right. Yeah, I know. I know who Steven Spielberg is. Oh, I know. Well, I you know him personally, but you know, maybe <laughs> maybe after maybe after we feature him on this pod, he starts listening. Uh, yeah. So the Goonies, love that movie, dude. Whenever, I have a. Whenever I have whenever a... that's on. Love watching it. I actually have a story about the Goonies. Last year, this is like, oh my gosh, I was so chapped after this. I'm with a group of people. There's probably like 15 of us at my house. And they're like, what movie do you want to watch? I'm like, and I'm giving out some ideas. And I'm like, the Goonies was one of them. And they said, you just pick and we'll watch whatever you want to watch. So I'm like, okay, the Goonies. It's an easy pick. Everyone loves the Goonies. I put it in. They all hated it. And I, I kid you not. I hung out with these people maybe once total after this fi- whole fiasco. Had, they never watched The Goonies? They had never seen it. We watched they, it. They did not like it. And I never hung out with them afterwards. Apparently they didn't have a childhood, but whatever. They, they didn't. They, <laughs> they're no friend of mine anymore, I'll tell you. That's, that's kind of a shame. <laughs> yeah, it was. But it's great. No, The Goonies, just it's, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, and I'll, I'll go to my number one, and then I'll, we'll save the keeks. Ooh. You know, number one for last. Okay, sweet. So with, with that said, Sean Aston of the Goonies, that leads me into Sam Wise, the Brave, the <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Oh. Uh, Lord of the Rings. I'm going to go with the Return of the King, especially Dang. with my number one impacted movie. Uh, Lord of the Rings, as I've mentioned before in this pod, is my favorite movie. But Return of the King, especially because that was uh, the end of the trilogy. I saw that movie. F- wow. And four in the theater? Yeah, four times in theaters, and I love Every time I watched it, never got tired of it, and I still rewatch it all the time. 
And the best scene ever in a movie is when, at the end, when they're on top of Minas Tirith, mm-hmm. and uh, Aragorn is, you know, becoming the king, and he yeah. approaches the hobbits, and the hobbits begin to bow for him, and then he says, you bow to no one, and everyone bows to the hobbits. That just oh. sent me chills when I watched that the first time. I just got chills just thinking about that scene. I'm not even a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but I, I specifically know that scene. It's great. Yeah. So, L-O-T-R, Return of the King. Number one, impacted. So, what's what's the Keeks, number one? Dude, my number one, and I will always remember, I was, this was just, I'd finished my, my, fre- my first year of college. So, I had moved back home. It was probably like midnight. And it was just on Netflix, and I saw this movie called Drive, and I'd heard about it, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, didn't know much about it, so I was like, all right, let's watch it. I just had heard great buzz about it. Dude, Drive is like the perfect movie. It's got a great romantic story that's not like, it's, it's just purely emotionally based between Driver and... Oh gosh, um, I can't believe I don't remember the taxi, girl's name in it. Taxi driver. Oh, what? No, oh, no. I, just the girl's name. Oh, um, Irene. That's it. And it's Irene. just so innocent and pure. And she's got a son, and he's just such a cool. The driver's just such an interesting character. He's he's a sweet guy, but at the same time, he's a getaway driver. He's a criminal, and you see throughout the movie, he the theme of the movie is real human being. That's like the, the, the main song for it. And you get to see the driver as he goes on this journey, realizing that he is a bad guy, but he's constantly yearning to be good. And so his arc in the film is, it's just, it's so good. It, the music in it is amazing. The score by Cliff Martinez is so cool. It's got like a synthy oh. like song. Kravinsky Night Call starts off the movie and it sets the, it yes. sets the scene. Go, uh, go that's Clippers. That's the ultimate summer song. What's that? That's the ultimate summer song. Dude. Oh, it Just is. listening Especially. to that song is so cool. Especially when you're driving at night. Uh, yes. Yeah, so last, last summer we watched Drive. That was my first time watching Drive. Mm-hmm. We had a great summer movie crew just streaming movies. And we have a we have a great list, but Drive was one of the first movies we watched, and I had never seen that movie till last year, and I loved it. And I love I, I respect the, I respect your number one, Geeks. It's my favorite movie of all time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. Just like you said, I mean, the the scene when they're driving in like this kind of ditch in L.A., and his hand is on the the shift, and she Irene reaches over and grabs his hand too. It's just. It's just a sweet moment, mm-hmm. and it, it that that moment specifically, and then they end up at like this kind of like creek, and they're playing like they're playing with the he's playing with the kid, and it's a sweet moment. The movie's pretty intense though in the third act, but yeah, it's just an all around amazing movie. R- Ryan Gosling did such a great kills it job in that movie. Yeah, he's, shout he's, to Oscar he's... Isaac too. Got his start there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he's he in that. Yeah, sure is in that movie. Yeah. yeah, Drive was a great watch. I love, I loved that film. Yeah. So I see that. So, dude, why don't that. why don't you recap real quick the five that you picked? So five is Avatar: Last Airbender. Number four was The Dark Knight. Three, Tron Legacy. Number two, The Goonies. 
and number one, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And these movies have all impacted me for the good, the bad, the disappointment, uh, just the movie experience. And yeah, I'll always, always remember the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, and just that theater experience and just capping off uh, that whole journey of Middle Earth. Just well done by Peter Jackson. That's, especially as a finale, that's amazing. And I'm so glad that the rumors that him doing a Halo movie were shot down. (laughs) Especially after The Hobbit. Yeah, probably. Uh, The Hobbit is, The Hobbit's okay, but it's, yeah, it's not as good as Lord of the Rings. It's it's watchable. But yeah, let's hear your recap real, real, real quick. So we've got Star Wars, then then Get Out, and then we had Akira, The Room, and Drive. Love The Room. I just, all of these ones, write them down or whatever, check them all out if you haven't. They're all movies that you're you're going to be entertained by, except The Last Airbender. That movie is horrible. <laughs> Watch it just for the sake to say that you've seen the worst movie ever made. Yeah. Oh, worst movie theater experience ever. Um, oh, I remember. Oh, so, so bad. Great top five. And honestly, there's going to be more movies that impact us in the future. That's why, that's why we go to the movies, to be inspired, to be entertained. Oh, I love that. Nice. I like that little quote. Yeah. Um, and so... Next week, uh, Kamiko, enjoy Arkansas, get some Raising Canes, travel safe. 15 minutes from there, you know I'm hitting it at least three times. Uh, yeah, so we're going to try next week to watch The Incredibles 2. Have not gotten to that yet. I've heard good things, and I've heard some mixed bag, but mostly mm-hmm. good things. And, yeah. Yeah, that, that will be, that'll be next week's episode. We, me, and, me and Becky are going to go catch that, so... I'm excited to go see it, and who knows? We might even throw a, a special surprise in there for you. We're planning on maybe catching one before I leave. Yeah, so, yes. Fingers crossed we make it. Hopefully we do. Well, listeners, thank you for your time. We always appreciate the support, and we have that Twitter page running up, so send us anything of suggestions that you would like us to touch on. And, again, thank you, thank you. Yes, at the Sweet Film Talk, go ahead and hit Hit that follow, and we hope to hear from you guys real soon. All right. See you all next week. All right. Sweet. Sweet.